Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. We have been celebrating truth, and uh, that is so important. And I think if you're like me, this past year, you've wanted truth more than ever. Like, would somebody just please tell me the truth? And uh, maybe you've even had the feeling like, I wish everybody would just be quiet because I don't know what to think. Well, Paul understood that. And what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes this morning is the next passage in 2 Timothy. And I think in many ways, this passage is what he was building to in this last letter to Timothy, Timothy, this exhortation. But it has significant implication for you and me. So I want us just to spend a little time with it together. But before I do, would you just pray? Would you ask the Lord to show you something from his word? And then I'll pray for us. Father, when we come to your word, we need your spirit's help. It is easy for us to get distracted or to not concentrate or to not, to not listen. And so, Father, I just pray that you would help us receive from you what you have for us this morning. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this instruction to Timothy starts with a warning. It's like he's been building to this throughout the whole book. He, he's kind of encouraged Timothy, and he's talked about the situation of false teachers. He's talked about how you know, negative things are happening. And then he says this, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom. I mean, just let that roll over you for a minute. I... I, I charge you in the presence of God. Now, we're funny about that because we talk about, hey, we're coming into your presence, Lord, like we could not be in his presence. Like God's everywhere, right? When are we not in God's presence? But Paul encourages and exhorts Timothy with this thought of in the presence of God and in the presence of Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead? Jesus is going to judge everyone, Everyone who's ever lived and those alive at his coming, he is the judge. He's going to review your life. And he's going to come and in light of his kingdom, in light of all eternity. Like this is serious language because Paul is trying to raise the stakes. He's saying, look, there are critical issues at stake. And what we sometimes get so familiar with the gospel that we, we forget about how significant it is. We think, well, yeah, it's about people not going to hell. Well, it is that. That's significant. But it's also about what God is doing and plans to do for all eternity. It's about how he is the answer that we were designed for him. There is so much content in it that sometimes we gloss over it. And so Paul coming to the end of this letter, his last letter to Timothy, maybe the last letter that he wrote, charges Timothy to do something. And this is what he says. He says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, rep- reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. So the most, what we did just now is a part of what Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, preach the word, 
Teach the word. Proclaim truth. Now, oftentimes when we think of this, it's like the Bible, but I think, and it is that, but I think in particular it's the gospel that Timothy is being exhorted to proclaim the truth about what God is doing in the world. So let's just just run through these because they apply to all of us. See, too often we think of preaching as what I'm doing right now. You know, like it's the thing that happens in a church gathering. But this is not just that kind of preaching. It's the kind of thing that we can all do to proclaim, announce, talk about. We proclaim the truth. So let's look at that. Preach the word the gospel, truth, we're to proclaim it. And then he says, be ready. Now, it's an odd phrase because he says, be ready in season and out of season, and that sounds kind of, what does that mean? But I think what it means is be ready when it's convenient and when it's not. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and it just seemed to open up into significant things, spiritual things, but you weren't ready for it, you weren't expecting it, pay attention to that. I, have two, I had two experiences in my life that I look back on that I wasn't ready for. One was on a plane. I was, for a stretch of time, I went to Kazakhstan often to teach in this little seminary. And so I was going to Kazakhstan to, to teach in the seminary and I was on the second plane flight, so you flew to Germany and then the flight from Germany to um, Kazakhstan. And I sat next to a woman and she asked me, what are you going to Kazakhstan for? So it was like this perfect invitation to tell her I was going to teach in the seminary. And I just, I didn't know, like, I was still kind of uncomfortable with the whole, like, we're in a country that's not cool on Christians particularly. So I said, I'm going to teach in this school. I was vague in my answer. So she asked me a second question and I gave her another vague answer. And I'm ashamed of that because the next morning I woke up and I thought, you idiot. Like you had this perfect opportunity to have this amazing conversation, this woman. I was teaching perspectives, which if I had just even begun that conversation with her, I could have shared so much. And I'm thinking, like, I wasn't ready. The second one was also in Kazakhstan, and that's a little more complicated because I was on a long train ride, and the person I was riding with told me that she loved Dostoevsky. Well, if you know anything about Dostoevsky, you know that there's beautiful Christian themes in the stuff that he wrote. But not having studied it well, in my lit class, I was unprepared for that conversation. And again, it was like I wasn't ready to have this really meaningful conversation about beautiful themes. Now, there were other times where I was ready, so I I balanced that out. But I share those with you to make you realize that you are going to have opportunities to have conversations with people, and you have to be open to that. Sometimes we get so busy or so focused that we're not ready to have those conversations. So it says, be ready, and then it says, reprove. That's the idea of saying, hey, this idea is not true. And then there's rebuke, which is a little stronger. It's like, hey, change course here. You're headed, you're headed in a negative direction. Don't go there. And then exhort is more the idea of coming alongside someone and saying, hey, come with me. Let's, I'll help you. It's not so much encouragement. It's stronger than that. But the idea is to challenge and help. 
And you do all of that while being patient and instructive. Now, I obviously, in my role here, I've had an opportunity to talk to people in difficult times. And there are some times when people don't want to hear it. You're exhorting them about something or you're challenging about something and they don't want to listen. And I always have kind of beat myself up again, like, I, if I had just said it better, you know, they would have received it. And uh, that's not always the case. And so part of what Paul is exhorting Timothy to do is to do these things, and in that same way, he's exhorting us to do these things as we proclaim truth to people who need it. But there's a second side of that, because if this applies to us all, as we share with one another, it also has to do with whether we're willing to receive it. So I offer you these questions as, whoops, I flipped. I offer you these questions for you to self-reflect here. So first of all, how does the word affect how I think and actually live my life? Does the word inform what you do? Does the word change some of your course of action? Is it significant to you? Secondly, am I open to being shown where I'm wrong about something? Are you willing for someone to say, hey, you know, that's not quite right. You need to rethink that. And are you willing to change course? Again, sometimes people aren't. They're kind of, you know, this is, this is what I think and I'm not open to having any other kind of ideas. They're locked in their thinking. We've seen that in the polarization of our country. We've seen where people cancel people who disagree with them and they can't even have a conversation about it. As followers of Jesus, we should be submitted to the truth. And sometimes that means recognizing I'm wrong about this and I need to do something about it. Am I willing to walk alongside others to gain help? Like maybe you need some help with something. Are you willing to walk alongside somebody to grow in that area? Bottom line, when we talk about truth, my question to you is, are you teachable? Are you open to having your life, your thoughts examined by the scriptures? Are you willing to rethink things based upon the truth? It's a two-way street. We need to proclaim truth, but we also need to receive it. And as Paul writes this to Timothy, there is something really, really important at stake because this is how he follows it up. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. See, sometimes people don't want to hear the truth because it challenges them to change their behavior and they don't want to change. They don't want to submit. They don't want to yield to what the Lord is doing in their life or wants to do in their life. And so they just kind of want to forget about that and go in a different direction. And you see this as people will turn to people who will tell them what they want to hear rather than the truth or what they need to hear. We live in a world right now where all kinds of things are being proclaimed as true that aren't. And I, I wanna focus on this little word myths because I think it illustrates something important for us to get. 
too often we think of myths as just, you know, old-time stories that explained the world, you know, according to gods and all that kind of stuff. But here, the idea really is false tales. So what makes a tale false? Well, if you think about Jesus, he told parables, right? Were they actual events that had happened? No, they were stories that he told, but they illustrated true principles. So you can read a story that someone made up, but it's true in the sense that the things that are in it are true. Does that make sense? So it models what love is. It might be a story that someone makes up, but it's about love in a way that's true to what love is. But see, if you can do that in a positive way, you can also do that in a negative way. Stories proclaim truth or ideas, and sometimes the ideas that are portrayed are not true. Our, our media, books, movies, television, are filled with stories that I would say are not true because they proclaim ideas that do not match up with the scriptures, which is why it's important for us to be thoughtful about what we consume or the impact of the things that we consume on us. So the reason why these questions that we have to ask ourselves are so important is because we don't want to ever become like this. We don't want to resist receiving the truth because we've hardened ourselves and don't want to change. So I just ask you this question. Are you only wanting to hear what you agree with? Or are you open to God challenging one of your basic assumptions? Sometimes we have to come to the place where we recognize I'm wrong and I need to do something about it. Maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's an action, maybe it's an idea. So here's my summary. In a world in chaos, we need to be people so rooted in the truth of the scriptures that we are willing to live out the gospel. We need to recognize how the enemy seeks to divide us and learn how to talk about difficult topics. We need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ over all other allegiances. This is the only way to live considering the solemn warning of being in the presence of God in Jesus and anticipating his review of all we do and say. We celebrated truth today. Let's be people of truth, both in receiving it and proclaiming it. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the good blessings that you have given us. We do thank you for the freedoms that we have here. But Father, we pray that we would be people of truth that we would proclaim truth and live truth. Father, help us be open to be corrected when we are wrong. Help us be quick to respond to your spirit and to the truth. And help us to love the people around us by proclaiming truth to them. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.